You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tobin Anderson, new head coach of Iona, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Coach, you gotta get you gotta get used to this song, my friend. You gotta get this is your fight song right now. Congratulations. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Doing great. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, first things first, let's look back before we look forward. And what an unbelievable ride. I, I know you were so kind to join us here on 98.7 ESPN prior to the tournament. Who knew? Wow, to take down Purdue. And then, of course, unfortunately, uh, rough go at it against FAU. But now that the fact that they've advanced to the Final Four, um, it just shows you just how good that, that team is. But let us live vicariously through you. What was it like to upset a number one seed and, and what it was like for your players, Coach? Yeah, it was pretty incredible. We, we actually played great in the, in the first four games against Texas Southern. We won by 20 and really played well. And that was a, that was a big boost for us. And so, obviously, playing Purdue, we're a huge underdog and, you know, you're going against one of the best teams in the country, but our guys played terrific, and it was just incredible. But the game, we just kind of hung around the first half, and the whole crowd switched to be an FDU fans. We got a little bit of momentum, got a little confidence, and then you know we just played great down the stretch, which is pretty impressive because there's you know 20,000 people there on national television, and our guys were not rattled, were not um, you know nothing nothing bothered them. We just kept on playing it. And most of those games in the one of the 16, the one seed usually just pulls away at some point, and we just kept hanging around and. And um, long enough, then finally made our run at the end. And, and it was a huge win for the school, for the, for the program, and, and our players. It was just an unbelievable experience. And, you know, and we actually played FAU really well the next game. We, actually, we had them down four or five in the second half and playing great. Right. We couldn't, you know, couldn't stretch it out. But we, we played really well in that game as well. So it was a great, great run for, our, for us, for our, for our guys, and really proud of them. And, you know, obviously everybody here cheering for for you and Fairleigh Dickinson and, 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 man, how amazing would it have been to come back and play at the Garden? Unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's I, I know. Unfortunately, that's not the way that it unfolded. But nonetheless, so um, and, and then now new new beginning for you at Iona. So first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, you know, your please uh, tell us your, your thoughts on the program and, and what what yeah. Iona fans out there can expect from you, coach. Yeah, but it happened fast, and, and I own I, I a place that I've always kept, I had my eye on them, and they've, we've talked a few times, you know, when the job's been open, so when it, this time it just all worked out, and, and I'm thrilled. I mean, I think Iona can be one of the best programs in the country. You know, I think we, we can do what, what Florida Atlantic just did and, and have a chance to make a run to a, to a Sweet 16, to an Elite 8, to a Final Four. So the tradition there is incredible, from Jim Valvano to all the great coaches come to the Willards, the Welshes, um, Patino, the whole, the whole, whole, you know, there's a reason why Iona wins. And it's not just it's not just the coach, it's the program, it's the resources, it's the commitment to being a great basketball school. So our goal is to make this into even even a better place and win at a higher level and take the team and the program to a place that hadn't been before. That's, that's hard to do because we've been to six of the last seven NCAA tournaments. We've been a perennial power in the back and on the East Coast. So we're trying to, to to crank that up a few more notches and and be you know the best the best program on the East Coast and and, and be a a team that can get to a Final Four at some point. So we're excited. Uh, my staff is excited. And we got we got back on Monday, and literally I, I walked and I was on the Today Show, and I came home, and I sat in the couch for five minutes, and this job happened. So I had no chance to really kind of take a deep breath. It's just been right right back into recruiting, into the transfer portal, into all that stuff. So we're, uh, we're going full speed ahead here. 
You know, it's, it's interesting, Coach. You, you mentioned the transfer portal. Uh, this is the first time ever in the history of this tournament that a number one has not advanced uh, to uh, to um, an Elite Eight, which is amazing. And the, the number of, of coaches that I've had on the program, a lot of them um, say a big reason is because of the transfer portal, right? And so, you know, how yeah. much... I don't know if, if easier is the right word to use here, but um, I, I guess maybe how 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 much quicker uh, do you feel that you can improve this roster with Iona because of the transfer portal where maybe like next year now, you know, you, you really, you can have a roster and a team that you feel would be really legit to compete. Yep. You can re- rebuild a lot quicker. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. There's definitely a, a, a difference in the fact that you can go out and get, you know, juniors, sophomores and juniors, guys with experience, guys who can come in. You know, most of the time in the past, they had to sit out for a year. So you bring them in and sit out for a year. It would take, take you two or three years to get the whole thing going. So we feel, I think most schools like us in transition or schools to lose some guys can, you know, build a whole new roster. We did last year at FDU. We had to do the same thing there. And so we're going to do the same thing at Iona, just on a little bit of a higher level, bigger scale. But, um, yeah, there's you have a little more confidence, a little more, a little more belief that you can – you know, turn this thing in, in the right direction very quickly, no matter what happens. So there's a lot of players out there. You just got to make sure you get the right guys. You, you know, you know, I think Florida Atlantic's a great testament. They, they they didn't take a ton of transfers. The ones they got are perfect, and they just play hard. They're tough kids, and they compete at a high level. So we're going to do the same thing here, get guys that compete, that play hard, that are tough. And if they're freshmen, that's great. If they're transfers, that's great, too. It's just a matter of finding the right guys. Coach, uh, before we let you go, let's let's take a look at what's going on in the tournament. FAU they defeat Kansas State seventy nine to seventy six. Um, you know, Conference USA big shout out. Uh, they were dominant at yep. the boards forty four to twenty two. Uh, interesting though, they're leaving Conference USA. They're going to the American Athletic Conference next season, which I think is going to yep. be interesting. But now they advance and they take on UConn. Uh, Dan Hurley, that team, we know they're eight and one in the Final Four. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, who, who do you like coming out of this? Who do you think has the edge here? Well, I, I think I, U, UConn is playing so well right now. UConn's so big and athletic. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard for anybody to beat UConn. But Florida Atlantic is is very um, you know you can't under, underestimate them. I mean, they got good players. They're tough kids. They they're very together. They're very well coached. So I think this thing's wide open. I mean, I think UConn's probably the, the, the favorite just because of their their size, their speed, their athleticism. Um, but you know, it's been a crazy tournament so far. Obviously, we're, we're part of that craziness. So anything can happen. But uh, it'll be fun to watch today's games too. I, mean, I think San Diego State's a really good team too. They're a tough, hard-nosed, physical team as well. So it's going to be a, a great, a great final, a different kind of Final Four, but a great Final Four. And um, that's why this, this tournament's the best thing in the world because it's just so unpredictable. And you know, teams can make runs and play, play right, you know, get hot at the right times and, and do magical things. So it's uh, it's fun to watch. Creighton going up against San Diego State, as you said, um, you yeah. know, San Diego State, what they bring to the table, obviously, is 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 age, right? More senior leadership. Yep. Um, yep. How much how much Creighton to me, I feel like they check all the boxes, right? Uh, they've got size, yep. uh, athleticism, yep. length. Uh, they check all the boxes. I think they're the better team, especially when you look at defensive and offensive efficiency. But how, how yep. much how much do you weigh in regard to that senior leadership and the defense that San Diego State's going to bring to the table today? Yeah, I mean, I think that helps a lot for San Diego to have the experience. But it's just, it's just one game. And Creighton is so talented. There's, like you said, they're so long. they got they got great size across the board. They're really skilled. So, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the better, as you mentioned, they're the better offensive team. They're the better 
skilled team. If it becomes a street fight, San Diego State might, might win that one. But it'll, it'll be very a contrast in styles a little bit, a great offensive team versus a great defensive team. So it should be, a, should be fun to watch. And it could, go, I mean, it could go either way. As for University of Miami, they're taking on Texas. Uh, a lot of people feel that in order to win this thing, you need a great, uh, great backcourt, right? Uh, and sure enough, yeah. it's what they have, whether it's Nigel Pack, Wong, um, O'Meara definitely has showed up. But again, this Texas team, uh, they're just so good. Ninth in defensive efficiency. Uh, they've got five players that at the end of the game, they all put up double digits. Uh, who, who do you yeah. think advances here at a University of Miami in Texas today, Coach? That's going to be a great game, too. Like two heavyweights just going at it, too. They're both playing really well at the right time. So, like, Miami's really come on strong and playing great. I love, like you said, I love the We have a great backcourt at FCU, and I think backcourts and guards win games. So, I, I love the Miami backcourt. And they're playing with so much confidence right now. So, it's saying that's going to be, that's, a, that's like a final four game right there. So, I think that could be an, an incredible game. So, I think Miami wins that one just because of their backcourt, but it's going to be a, a, a dogfight. Coach, so appreciate your time on this Sunday morning. Thank you so much. And again, congratulations. Wishing nothing but ultimate success for you at Iona. Thanks, Bonnie. And I appreciate that. We'll talk to you again next year. Hopefully we're, we're making a run. We're, we're on, the, on the phone again. Yeah, yeah your, your mouth to uh, the NCAA God's ears. <laughs> awesome. Take, <laughs> Take care. care. Have a great All day. right. Coach, Coach Tobin Anderson joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, um, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. What say you? Uh, who do you like today? We come back, I'll give you my picks and my plays heading into today's action. Uh, this Hoops update, by the way, brought to you by the new Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola. Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola is here, born for what's next, born for a bolder taste. Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola, born for this. Please enjoy responsibly. More to come. Nita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What a great time <clears throat> for, uh, for, for college basketball here in, in this area. Really, really exciting stuff. By the way, I'm watching the highlights right now of uh, South Carolina beating UCLA which I have South Carolina women's team, of course, uh, winning this whole damn thing. But here's the thing, like, listen, um, I, I have li eyelash extensions, but like, not like that. And here's another thing, like, I, like, I can't imagine playing basketball with those eyelash, eyelash extensions. Like, th this is a thing now. It's unbelievable. You guys have never had eyelash extensions, have you? I don't need them, so no. Oh, really? You what? You have these like beautiful long, 
lux- lux- luxurious. That's what my girlfriend says, but even if, even really? if I didn't, Does your gr- I don't oh, think wait, I would wait. go to the, the eyelash Does your girlfriend right? have eyelash envy of you, Joe? Maybe a little bit, but I mean, that's, really? that's her thing, not mine. Does she does she do extensions? Yeah, she does. Yeah. How often does she go? Because the secret is you, you want to try to get them to last at least six weeks. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce. Because if not, then you lose your your own eyelashes and then and then you're in trouble. So you've got to let it you got to let it go at least six weeks. Yeah, I don't know how long she goes. I, I, like I don't have I know she has, you know, a consistent schedule, but I, I can't say how consistent that schedule or, or i know what the what the schedule is like you gotta get on that joe i'll get back joe but here's the thing from me to you boo the more attention you pay the longer it'll go for you yeah but on, uh, you got it you got it you got it, you got it, because here's what's gonna happen let's say you're paying attention to how often she gets her lashes done right now as we get closer to you could say hey sweetheart i know you're about to get your lashes done um how about i call ahead and you know i'll, I'll treat you this week Oh, Joe, go, that'll go a mile. A, the fact that you're paying attention to her lash schedule and, and B, that, you know, you're, you're offering such a generous offer. I'm telling you. I'll get right on that. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is, (laughs) I should, I should actually, we should have a segment like relationship, like call in, ask Anita anything in regards to relationship issues with you and your significant other, and I will help you out. And we could get it sponsored. I'm sure we could find some kind of fun sponsor for that. Um, okay. So we just heard from from uh, head coach uh, Tobin Anderson. Uh, again, you've got an FAU team who beat Kansas State last night, 79 to 76. UConn took care of Gonzaga, 88 or 82 to 54. So now they will face off in the final four in Houston. Okay. Today, we've got Creighton. Going up against San Diego State. Creighton's favored by one and a half, two in some places. The over-under is 133 and a half. My play here is Creighton. Uh, this is a team, six of their last seven games, they're, uh, they're averaging 72 points, if not more. They've got size. They've got length. Um, they've, <laughs> they've, they can shoot outside. Uh, they are strong in the paint. They check. Creighton checks all the boxes. They're also a really good free-throw shooting team. And, uh, and they stay out of... Uh, they stay out of foul trouble, which is huge. What is the advantage that San Diego State has? Uh, seniors. A lot of senior leadership. Four of their starters are seniors, which is really big. And also, their defense is just sick. Um, they have the fourth best defense in, in regard to def- defensive efficiency. They're holding opponents to less than 30% from behind the arc. In fact, Alabama was 3 for, 20, three for 21 or 3 for 27 um, yesterday. How about that? Or not yesterday when they went up, uh, when San Diego State beat Alabama. It's either three for 21 or three for 27. Regardless, held Alabama to just three, three point shots, which that was their bread and butter. Big reason why I like San Diego State getting the points, getting the seven, seven and a half. Um, here's, here's why I like Creighton. Offensively, San Diego State 70th, 7-0 in offensive efficiency. Where Creighton, 14 offense, 22 defense efficiency. So top 25 in both offense and defensive efficiency. So I like Creighton. Uh, By the way, prior to the tournament, I have Creighton coming out of the South. I have them upsetting Alabama. So just for the bracket, 
uh, I, I need them to advance. So there's good stuff there happening. And then later on today at five o'clock, University of Miami going up against Texas. Texas is favored by four. The over under is 149 and a half. So I've got two plays here. Uh, even though Coach Tobin uh, Anderson does like UM, I love UM. My heart is with UM, obviously, because I'm from Miami. My dad played football at the University of Miami. My parents met at the University of Miami. When I was born, we lived on married housing um, at the University of Miami. So my family is all about the Canes. Um, but I have to go with Texas and I'll lay the points. Uh, why? Uh, they're just, I, uh, as much as, again, I love UM, I love their backcourt. Nigel Pack, uh, 26 points last game. Wong has been terrific. Omir, no issues. And there was some concern coming into this tournament with him. Love their head coach uh, as well. But this Texas team, again, very similar to Creighton, checks all the boxes. Five of their starters at the end of the game, average double digits. Um, also defensively, they have the ninth best defense in defensive efficiency. Um, Rodney Terry is their, is their head coach right now in term. I do believe he gets the job, especially if Texas uh, continues to advance. Who knows? Maybe they win this whole damn thing. We'll see. Uh, but Texas, to me, is just uh, the better team. Also, I like the under here. Why? I think under is I, I think Texas is gonna is going to dictate the tempo of the game, and I think they're going to make this a half court game, which is going to throw Miami off their rhythm. And that's again another reason why I like the under at one forty nine and a half. So again, uh, just to uh, make this uh, bring this all full circle in regard to the last thirty minutes of the program, uh, Creighton I'll lay the two and a half, three in some places. Uh, Miami and Texas, I'll lay the four with Texas. And also I like the under at 149 and a half. That's how I'm playing it. Uh, we get back. Let's talk some NBA. Moke Hamilton will join me. Uh, the Knicks, they've got a weekend bye. We're not going to see them until tomorrow going up against Houston. They've got seven games remaining. What does that mean? Big picture uh, in the Eastern Conference. By the way, uh, the Nuggets beat the Bucks last night. 129 to 106 and the Suns beat the 76ers 125 to 105 interesting we'll talk about all of this with Mo Hamilton coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN you're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need Robert Half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And, uh, and joining us is Moke Hamilton talking some NBA. Moke, good morning. How are you? Thanks for joining us. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. Good morning. Happy, happy Sunday. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. You know, definitely exciting times in the NBA. We're winding down the regular season, and uh, you know what, Anita, I, I, I got a chance to win both of my fantasy leagues. Man, one of them is going to be decided tonight, um, and the other we're in the semifinals. I'm going to start tomorrow, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to walk away from this thing with two trophies, and I'll be almost as accomplished as you. You know. Oh, you're so funny. Um, well, good for you. 
Uh, I'm excited for you. That's awesome. All right. You sound so, so, so uh, well, you sound so excited for me. Thank, thanks so no, much. No, I am. I, I am. That's that's fantastic. I know. I listen. I know what it's like to win a win a fantasy league. It's it's good. It feels good. You put so. Here's the thing. You put so much time, right? You put so much time. You put so much energy. It's it's it, you sacrifice. You're you know you're yeah. you're you're married. You've got a you, you're a dad. You know you sacrifice. And so when you put that much time in and you win. It's very fulfilling. So I hear you. I feel you. I'm excited for you. Uh, before we start talking NBA, you doing anything for uh, for March Madness? You've got a bracket. You still alive? What you doing, man? You know what? To be honest, you're going to be so disappointed in me. I, I stopped mm-hmm. filling out brackets maybe like two, three years ago, just because I was so terrible at it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I spent so much time wow. following the NBA and keeping abreast of what's going on there that I'm mm. just I'm just taking shots in the dark, and I was just donating money to people's March Madness pools. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just watch this thing, not have any dog in the fight, and just enjoy basketball, you know? And I, I can certainly say that this year's tournament has not disappointed in that regard. No, it has not. I, I love the parody. I think parody is the secret sauce to any in, in, in the majority of leagues, just my two cents. All right, my friend, let, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Knicks. They've had a bye weekend. They haven't played in a few days. Uh, they get back in action against Houston tomorrow. They've got seven games remaining, two of the most important ones, Wednesday against Miami here at the Garden and Friday in Cleveland. But nonetheless, we just heard Rick and Dave talking about this Knicks team. Do you feel that the amount of minutes and the lack of load management that they are spent, we've seen them come off. They're coming off of a three-game uh, losing streak, that Florida swing, and of, score, and, of course, the Timberwolves that they lost to here at home before they had, uh, went down to Florida. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you in regard to you know, freshness and, uh, and, and this team being ready to head into the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say I'm a little concerned about it. Uh, you don't have to go back that far to find examples of some, you know, some star players in the league. Uh, James Harden immediately comes to mind. Uh, you can even say the same about Anthony Davis and, and Chris Paul in some other years. Guys do break down and get tired once they get to the playoffs, and some guys aren't even able to approach the playoffs being even near, you know, 80 to 85 percent health. So I think it's a, it's a valid concern. You know, Tibbs' M.O. For, for a long time has been overplaying some of his star guys. Now, obviously, the Knicks are in the business of winning basketball games. And there are a lot of those games where you look back and you see, you know, Julius Randle played, you know, 42 minutes or Jalen Brunson played over 40 minutes. And a lot of the time, they actually needed those minutes from those guys to pull those games out. You know what I mean? So I think, I think if you're going to actually criticize Tibbs for that, you need to kind of be very, very specific and look back at some of the games where, you know, they're up 15 with three minutes left, and he's like, maybe not three minutes, but they're up, they're up big late, and he's like bringing back his starters. You know, that has happened a few times, but I don't really think it's as many times as people believe. Like, I think – the narrative of Tibbs overplaying guys and sort of running them into the ground, I think it's a little overblown, to be honest with you. But, yes, is it possible for him to have shaven a few minutes off here and there? Yes, Yes, it is possible. But at the end of the day, you know, the experience and being in good shape is what will help the Knicks have success in the playoffs. So I understand the concern, especially when you see 
other teams and other guys around the league getting games off to kind of try to keep their players a little fresher. But I, I, I think it's a little overblown. You know, I think that, uh, you know, playing back-to-back games in Miami and Orlando and then, um, you know, not too long ago, back-to-back games against the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, it's just playing seven games in 10 nights, 11 nights, like your team is going to get gassed no matter what. You know what I mean? So I think, I think what happened to the Knicks is probably more, more, uh, more, more a culprit of that. You know, six of those last eight games they played were on the road, and that's difficult for NBA teams to do. I hear you. Mo Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, talking all things NBA as the Knicks getting ready for seven games remaining in the regular season, and then we hit into the postseason. So here's the thing, right? So the Knicks, five games behind Cleveland, I think we're in agreement here. They're not going to catch them. Uh, they're staying. They're trying to stay above water in regard to that six seed with the next, the Nets in the Heat battling it out each and every week. I, I feel or day, I should say. It's it's, it's vice versa, but there could be a, a scenario where they have a, a, a nice, sizable lead in regard to the six seed, if of course they want to keep the, the the fifth seed, and um and and use some load management with the last few games remaining of the season to get ready. Like, like, you know, I think they have positioned themselves in a situation to do that, but would that be advantageous? It, it doesn't seem like that is in the DNA of Tibbs, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's in his DNA, but I, I'll tell you this. If, 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 it's a big if. So this week is a big week. <clears throat> I, I think you actually just mentioned it. So it's a four-game week, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Wednesday they have Miami, Friday they have Cleveland. I would almost say that those are really the two games left that matter the most, right? So even if the Knicks – let's say they lose every other game, but they beat Cleveland and they beat Miami, they'd probably still be in decent shape to avoid the playing, which is, I think, what their main priority is. Now, that said – if they somehow manage to, let's just say they win all four of the, their games this week, which would include the Miami-Cleveland game, at that point you're talking about having three games left, and those games would probably be somewhat inconsequential. So I wouldn't be surprised to see, to see maybe those last two games of the season. You know, if you're not going to full out load manage and the rest guys, you know, maybe you'll see guys, you know, play the, play the first half or maybe play, you know, call it a night with three minutes to go in the third quarter or what have you, just to kind of shave some minutes off. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But, again, it comes down to the Miami-Cleveland game this week. Those games are very, very important for the standings. The other thing I would say, though, briefly, Anita, is that by virtue of the league's play-in tournament, teams are actually going to have a good amount of time, assuming you're not in the play-in, right? If you're not in the play-in, you know, the next last game of the season is going to be April 9th, Sunday. They're going to have a, a decent amount of days off before their playoffs begin because of, of the play-in tournament. Um, it'll probably be about a week between when the season ends on April 9th to when the NBA playoffs begin, which in all likelihood will be the following Saturday. So, uh, so they should be okay come, come playoff time. But again, they got to win these two games coming up this week or else it's going to make it's going to make you sweat a little bit. Again, Moke Hamilton joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Um, I had Jimmy Patsos, former head coach of Siena, uh, Siena Marist, and uh, uh, spent the majority of his career with Gary Williams at Maryland. I had him on yesterday, and he said something really interesting. It kind of took me back. 
And he said that he feels that the Knicks have a better matchup against the 76ers in the first round of the playoffs than the Cleveland Cavaliers, just because Cleveland's uh, two, two big guys, obviously in the middle with Allen and Mobley. Do you agree or disagree with that? What do you think the best matchup is for the Knicks in the first round? Is it Cleveland or is it the 76ers, Moak? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I, I can understand that, um, but you know, if you're asking me, Anita, I, I think I'd rather the Cavaliers if I'm the Knicks, and um, you know, both both teams are, are very talented. You could certainly make the case that the 76ers are more top heavy than Cleveland. Like Cleveland is a is a very very deep, relatively young, super athletic team, and they have a lot of weapons on that team that you need to fear. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell, you know, it's if you don't think that Donovan Mitchell is going to be coming into Madison Square Garden for a playoff series trying to drop 50 on the Knicks' head every night, then you probably haven't been paying attention much, you know? I wouldn't say that Donovan holds it against the Knicks, that that deal landing him in New York didn't happen. But I do know that he wanted to be here. He's been pretty vocal about that. And he would want to show the franchise what they missed out on. You know, that's just kind of how NBA players are. They're competitive by nature. So that's going to be a tough series. All that said, though, you and I are both old enough to know that playoff series are very often determined by who is the best player and who is the most impactful player. And at this point, I think Joel Embiid might be the betting favorite to walk away with the MVP trophy when it's all said and done. And if you're giving me a choice, I don't really want to have to see that guy in a playoff series that I'm trying to win. You know what I mean? Much less James Harden. You know, like, you know that Harden, is, as much as he's not 100% healthy at the moment, you know that he wants to sort of exercise those playoff demons that he's had, and you know that he's focused and he's going to be motivated on winning. You know what I mean? So between those two, um, and again, especially with Embiid, who I, I think is really playing some tremendous basketball, if I had the option, I think I'd rather take my chances with the Cavaliers. I hear you. Um, Before we let you go, let's look big picture here across the board. Eastern Conference, Milwaukee up right now, two games above Boston. But, hey, they lost to the Nuggets last night, 129 to 106. How about that? Um, So curious to get your thoughts. Who does end up with the number one seed with quite a few games remaining for a number of teams, seven, eight games remaining in Boston, two, two, two games behind. Then the 76ers at three. We just talked about Cleveland at four, the Knicks at five. Uh, the Nets and the Heat going back and forth, teetering between six and seven. Um, who do you feel? Do you, do you feel Milwaukee does get the number one overall seed? I think they probably will end up with it. I mean, at this point, you know, they're they're up two games. They're up two in the loss column. And unless there's some sort of implosion over, over the course of the next week for them, I, I think that they do end up number one. The, the other thing, too, as far as Milwaukee is concerned, you know, like let's not forget that these guys are really just one season removed from being the NBA champions, and they probably feel that if Chris Middleton was healthy last last year, that they may have had an opportunity to win back-to-back. You know what I mean? So at this point, they're, they're a footnote in history. They're just another team that got lucky and managed to win a championship. They know that, that for validation – they got to try to go out there and get another one. You know what I mean? So I think they're going to be motivated to hold on to that number one seed. But again, a big week for Milwaukee as well. They have Boston on Thursday, which is going to be that, – that's what you call that, Anita, appointment TV. Um, that's going to be a big one. Thursday night they have, they have the Celtics. 
And then Sunday they have the Sixers. So um, definitely a lot more to be decided over the course of the final final couple of weeks here in the NBA's regular season. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm geek. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but, yeah, I'm excited about all this. Absolutely. In the West, the Denver Nuggets, uh, they took care of the Suns last – or like I said, they took care of the Bucks last night, 129 to 106. Uh, Memphis now at two, Sacramento at three, the Suns at four, um, who beat the 76ers last night. How about that? 125 to 105, even without Katie, the Clippers, PG, he's out for quite a few weeks because of that knee. The Golden State Warriors sitting at six. And of course, uh, you've got the T-Wolves, the Lakers, uh, the Pelicans, and OKC trying to get into that top six. This is going to be the West, uber competitive. This is going to be a lot of fun to see how this all plays out. Uh, But more importantly, before I let you go, you know, uh, two weeks ago, Jokic was favored to win the MVP. And it was like minus 400, minus 600. Because the Denver Nuggets have struggled as of late um, and the 76ers had, were, were winning as of late, um, now Embiid is favored to win the MVP at minus 140. A lot of people feel that the writers out there don't want to vote for Jokic because they don't feel that he deserves to be in that category of Larry and in uh, Wilt and Bill. Agree or disagree with that? If, if you, A, I don't know, do you have a vote or not? I'm not sure. And if you did have a vote... Uh, would that sway you not to vote for Jokic because you don't feel that he's in that category yet of those uber successful players in the history of the NBA? Yeah. Um, so no, no vote, no vote for me this year. But if I did have a vote, I would probably go with Embiid. And I think certainly what has happened over the past two weeks has, I mean, how could it not, right? Like we're coming down in the final stretch of the season and, you know, one team is, flying a little higher than the other. One guy seems to be playing a little better than the other. Um, I do think that the historic, I mean, if you're a voter and you have a voice in this thing, like how does the historical context not matter to you, right? Like even if you you won't admit it, I do think that there are some people out there that look at Jokic and they're like, ah, you know what, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to put this guy in that, in that class of winning three straight MVP awards. You know what I mean? And, you know, if you have a vote, then that's your right. Like, you can do whatever you want with your vote within reason, and nobody can really call that against you. Um, me, personally, I think that my best argument for Embiid, which I've actually heard a few others, uh, a few other of my media brethren uh, echo, is that Embiid's impact on both sides of the floor, it's just it's difficult to, to quantify that in some respects. And aside from that, you know, the Sixers have had They've had, uh, they've had some issues with injuries over the course of the entire season, and Joel Embiid, to his credit, has pretty much been the constant and has pretty much been the anchor for them. So, you know, I think trying to choose between these two guys is like, you know, trying to choose between two really, really great things, right? Like a hot dog or a hamburger at a July barbecue. Like, you really can't make a bad choice, right? So, um, but if you're asking me, I, I go with Embiid just because I think his impact on both sides of the floor um, you know, I think it's tremendous, and, and you know, I, th- I think he deserves it, all things considered. Moke, always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Thanks a lot. Take care. You got it. Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, um, the uh, Dell Technologies match play, I told you to go with Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler's BFF. Guess what? He's up three after the first three holes. Scotty's struggling. His, uh, his caddy, not 100%, tweaked his ankle on hole four yesterday. 
So, and Sam Burns has just been masterful uh, with his short stick. So hopefully uh, you took that advice and you ran with it. Meanwhile, Rory and Cam Young, they're teeing off on hole number three, and they are all tied up right now as we speak. Uh, phone lines are open, 800-919-3776. We come back. Um, Anita Marks with you and, uh, and kicking off our, our next hour at the top of the 11 o'clock, David Sampson is, is going to, lead to, to, to join us. Former executive in Major League Baseball, was the president of the Marlins for quite a while. That's when I knew him when I was down in Florida. A very dear friend of mine. Uh, let's talk some Major League Baseball. His opening day is right around the corner. Actually, I printed up the schedule, so I'll share that with you next as well. Severino injured. What does that mean for the Yankees rotation? Uh, we'll, think, we'll, we'll talk big picture in regards to the Yankees, uh, what the expectations are, obviously, for this season, as well as the Mets. So all that coming your way at the top of the hour with David Sampson uh, at 11 o'clock. Appointment radio right here on 90.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Some uh, disappointing news yesterday. Uh, Aaron Boone spoke to the media, Severino, on the IL now to start the season. Uh, right lat strain. Uh, last season, he dealt with this, and he was on the shelf for, uh, for two months. And as we know, other injuries in regard to that rotation. So it looks like Garrett Cole obviously starting on opening day. Uh, and then uh, Clark Schmidt uh, is going to get the second game. You've got Nestor, Herman who are still healthy. Uh, what are the Yankees going to do at shortstop? All these questions need to be answered. And uh, we do have David Sampson, who's going to be uh, joining us at the top of the next hour. So, uh, guys, how excited, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most excited, how excited are you for opening day? For opening day in general, I'm like a 50 out of 10. Uh, for Yankees opening day, I was a 10 out of 10, and now that I see we might have to rely on Clark Schmidt for game two of the season, I'm now at a 5 out of 10. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Joe? I'm in lockstep with Tom. Uh, as I told you yesterday, I think opening day for me is my New Year's. So I, it's Christmas morning, it's New Year's, it's everything wrapped into one day. So I'll be locked in on Thursday. And for Yankees opening day, by I'll say by the third week of the season, I'll probably talk myself fully into this team. But right now, it's, it's not what you want to start the year. Just taking a look at Thursday's opening game schedule, um, I love it. I make sure that I'm home Thursday, working from home. I've, I've got all the TVs on. So the Braves going up against the Nationals. Giants, obviously, against uh, the Yankees. Webb will be starting for the Giants, by the way. Orioles and the Red Sox, watch out, had uh, um, dibs on yesterday, and um, Rob Dibble. And he said, watch out for this Orioles team, not to win the World Series or anything, but possibly to make some noise in the American League East. Um, and that will be Gibson against uh, Corey Kluber, by the way. Brewers and the Cubs, Tigers and the Rays, Phillies and the Rangers, um, Twins going up against the Royals, the Mets, as we know, going up against the Marlins. That first pitch is at 4-10. And so, as we know, Max will get the call there for the Mets. Pirates uh, kick it off against the Reds, Blue Jays and the Cardinals, Rockies and the Padres, White Sox and the Astros, Angels and the Athletics, Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Zach Gallen is on the bump for the Diamondbacks. 
Watch out. I talked about this yesterday. Diamondbacks over 76 and a half wins this season. I am all over it. That's my best bet in regard to futures bets. I'm going to tee that up for David as well when he comes up. The Guardians going up against the Marlins. Just to give you an idea, some of the matchups in around Major League Baseball for opening day that comes our way on Thursday will be a ton of fun. Quick break. We come back. We do a deeper dive into uh, the state of affairs for the Yankees next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 